Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> This is it. This is the end. The end of the year. Long ago, the Mayans told us the world would end in 2016. I think what they actually meant was that the year 2015 would end in the year 2016. If they meant that, then they were dead on. Anyway, we have new patrons. Grant Longstaff, who wrote a fantastic story for us a while back called Dissolution. I wholeheartedly recommend that you check that one out. Also, Matthew Howell. He's actually a sleeper agent who may not even realise himself that he is, in fact going to be the next James Bond after Daniel Craig. Congratulations, Matthew. Keep the phone on. They'll be in touch soon. If you too would like to be a patron, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge from as little as a dollar a month. There you'll get access to early ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, and a ton of fun stuff. So that's patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. If you haven't already, then you might know that we are putting on a survey at the minute. We are getting your information. We are improving the show. We are developing ourselves as people and human monsters. So if you want to help us do this, head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash survey and you can be in with a chance to win an ebook of your choice, a signed print book of your choice, or a dashing t-shirt. So head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash survey to do that now. Today's episode is Dustin, written by Dan Howarth and narrated by Josh Curran. <laughs> There's laughter outside my room, and I don't know where I am. 
Blinking into the darkness, my senses realign. I'm in my bed, in the chalet, insulated by the plasticky faux wood fittings. Footsteps in the corridor, the riffle of the seal as the PVC front door is opened and closed. Keep it down, I yell into the blackness. No reply. Jake and Amy have been insufferable since they got together. Incidents like this are the least of it. Noisy sex. Takeaway trash left everywhere. Me having to cover their shifts at the holiday club because they're too hungover to function. It's beyond irritating. Maybe I should blow their affair out of the water and tell everyone. But if they got sacked, who would I live with? It's probably not worth it. I get up out of bed and leave my room. The chalet that I share with Jake, and now Amy by proxy, has a corridor from the front door to the living room. The bedrooms and bathrooms are doors off it. The front door is closed and locked. More laughter. I knock loudly on Jake's door. No answer. More giggling. I've no desire to see them at it, so I shout through the door. I'm coming in in five... Four, three, two, one. I leave it another couple of beats before I swing the door open, just to be safe. The room is empty. If they're naked in the living room, I'm going to be pissed. I don't want to sit and watch Netflix on a sofa someone has used to get jiggy. I push the living room door open. Patio doors that take up one wall gape with moonlight. The room is empty. Turning to go, I stop. There's someone behind the door. Who's there? No answer. The figure is barely ten feet away, and it isn't moving. Get out! I yell, cringing as my voice shakes. Without waiting for a reply, I run to the kitchen area and root in the top drawer. I want the rolling pin, but it's missing. Instead, I grab the lethal potato masher and raise it high in the air, ready to mash the intruder's head into delicious pulp. Get out! I shout again. The figure doesn't move. I sneak forward and grope the wall with my free hand to find the light switch. As I flick it on, I jump forward to deliver a lethal blow. Unleashing my fury, I step back and admire my handiwork. I've just battered Dustin the Tiger, the Nirvana Holiday Camp mascot. An empty costume lies on the floor, cartoon grins smirking at me. Big white plastic eyes reveling in my shame as I stand in my boxer shorts, feeling my balls shrivel with cold. Dustin lies there in his surfer shorts and Hawaiian shirt. A pair of bastards have left it here to frighten me. I kick his face and stomp back to bed without turning the light on. This time, when I wake up, there's definitely someone outside the chalet. A staccato battering at the door rouses me, and I stumble to answer it. Daylight assaults me, and our shift manager, Guy, is waiting for me. Spiked bleach hair, already immaculate, and wraparound shades completing his douchebag attire. What time is it? Am I late? No, you clown. Get some pants on. A guest has gone missing. Again? Again. 
Police are already on site. They're organizing fingertip searches and all sorts. Meet at the entertainment complex in five minutes for a staff briefing. I nod and wait for him to leave, but he doesn't. You seen Amy last night? She didn't call me like she said she would. Uh, briefly at the pub. That was it. Okay. Five minutes. I lumber into the entertainment complex with Dustin hoisted over my shoulder like we're reenacting Weekend at Bernie's. He's a bit damp for whatever reason, so I stash him in the Dustin the Tiger dressing room to dry and head down with the rest of the staff on shift. A copper stands at the front of the room. He looks about twelve. If you saw anything suspicious last night, please tell us. We will, of course, be informally interviewing everyone who worked yesterday to extract any information they may have about yesterday's events. In the meantime, keep an eye out for 19-year-old Ruth Harrison. You can't miss her photo. The posters are everywhere. As he's speaking, I spot four of them. A young brunette girl, apparently here with her parents for a week before she goes back to university after the summer ends. Added to the disappearance of that young lad Anthony Key a month ago, can't rule out these events being linked. We ask that you keep your eyes and ears open for us and report anything you see that might be suspicious straight away. We all nod and head back to our duties. Amy grabs both me and Jake by the hand and leads us into Dustin's dressing room. Even referring to it annoys me. He's a fictional cartoon tigger and he gets his own dressing room. Not the people who actually wear the suit or act as the punchline to his lame pre-recorded jokes while families laugh at us. We need to get our story straight, she says. There is no story. You two went off together as you always do and I went home on my own to watch TV. Jesus, could you sound more like a murderer? Says Jake. I did. I can give the police a rundown of every episode I watched. I'm sure if they've got the data off Netflix or the Wi-Fi network, it would clear me. All right, Fred West, calm down. We need you to be our alibi. Not your own. We can't let Guy find out. He'll sack us both. He'd probably sack you for knowing about it. Amy says. She's got me there. I can't afford to lose this job. No matter how degrading the work is, what else would I do? I'm living on site, rent-free for six months. I can't lose that. All right, all right. Jake came home with me then. What about you, Amy? I'll get Valda to say I was home with her. She never minds saying it to Guy. Sorted, says Jake as he pulls Amy closer. Thanks for your prank last night. I say. Lugging dust in here was really fun. An eight-foot cartoon tiger weighs more than you think. We didn't. And leaving him stinking and dripping wet just made it even more hilarious. They exchange a look I can't read and mutter an apology that doesn't really sound like they mean it or even know what they're apologizing for. I decide I've had enough of them. They've isolated me with their relationship, and even if it makes me sound bitter that I'm alone and they're not, it has pissed me off. The only reason any of us is here is to goof around and have fun. Since Jake disappeared with her, the fun has totally stopped. As I shut the door, I see them lean into each other, whispering. Behind the closed door, I press my ear to it and smile. Doesn't sound like paradise is quite as blissful as people would have you believe. They continue this way for a minute or so before I get bored and go to get ready for my shift. 
Showtime. Jake is dressed as Dustin again today. When we all started at the beginning of summer, we talked about rotating who gets to be Dustin. But Jake went first and got a taste for it. Nobody else has been inside Dustin's head ever since. Dressed as Dustin, Jake dances and acts out all of Dustin's lines. He doesn't need to speak as Dustin's faux surfer dude lines get piped in on the same CD as the music. The rest of us just wait for our cue to be humiliated by the super cool Dustin as part of the show. As he slams a custard pie in my face for the 40th time this summer, I wipe the residue from my eyes. Children scream with laughter. Do I really need this shit? I used to be in Hollyoaks on a semi-permanent contract. I appeared in eight episodes of The Bill and seven episodes of EastEnders. How has my acting career come to this? An audience of screaming kids and bored parents staring at social media and supping a pint. After the show, I helped Jake out of the Dustin costume. At the start of the holiday season, a month ago, he'd been nervous. I put it down to stage fright. He's got no acting experience, but then he settled into it and started enjoying the attention. Today, though, he's pale when he takes Dustin's head off. You good? I ask as I undo the zip on the back of the suit. He doesn't answer. His hair is plastered to his face with sweat. His neck is slick. I ask him three times before he answers with a single nod. When he turns to face me, he's pale, his eyes rimmed red. I help him out of the suit, but he's shaking and can't look at me. You don't look so good, Jake. I feel a bit off, mate. Might have to go home. Yeah, okay, I'll let Guy know. He stands by the door, rubbing at his temples. Then he looks back at me. What happened to me last night? You had a few beers, but no more than usual. Why can't I remember where I was after I left Amy's? You left hers? Why? Just thought we could hang out for a bit, like the old times. Woke up on one of the picnic benches near the beach. Maybe you can't handle your ale anymore. It's not that, I just don't feel right. Not quite myself. I haven't all summer, not since I started working here. He shakes his head like he's trying to get his thoughts in order before leaving me alone to hang up the suit. I assumed Jake was feeling better and hanging out with Amy when I got back to the chalet and he wasn't there. This time I didn't bother getting up when I heard thudding around and laughing in the middle of the night. When I found Dustin draped on the sofa, I just scooped him up and dragged him to the entertainment complex in time for my shift, same as the previous day. Guy is up in my grill as soon as I dump Dustin in his dressing room. Where the hell is Jake? Like I'm the bloke's keeper. I want to tell him that Jake is probably off banging Guy's girlfriend, but I catch sight of Amy over Guy's shoulder and I bite down on my words. Not a clue, I haven't seen him. If he's not here in 30 seconds, he's done. Go and get dressed for the show. I am. No, you clown, you're Dustin today. Hurry, don't you dare miss the first cue. He storms off and leaves me to it. I mouth to Amy across the room. Where's Jake? She shrugs. Not seen him. She mouths back. Showtime. Again. It's easier to move in the Dustin suit than I thought it would be. 
After a couple of minutes, it feels like an extension of my own skin. I look through the black, vacuous mouth of Dustin. No one can see me in here. It's so freeing, like I can finally express myself. I'm an actor again. The dance moves come easily. I could do them in my sleep, as though Dustin holds my hand and guides me through. Halfway through the second dance routine, I settle into the role and my thoughts unwind. High kick right. Where's Jake? Why didn't he come home last night? High kick left. Is he okay? Why doesn't Amy know where he is? Pirouette and fist punch left. How did Dustin get to our chalet? Pirouette and fist punch right. What has Jake done? Dustin tells me the answer to everything. He whispers in my ear as we dance, and his words settle in my brain, like seeds sprouting from the soil. Dustin and me. Me and Dustin. We're the same. I get off stage and pose for the meet and greet photos with snot-nosed kids and their idiotic parents. I blow a kiss to a girl of about 18. She smiles back, and I laugh to myself as I head to Dustin's dressing room. Our dressing room. She's waiting outside as I get changed. I hang Dustin up on his hook, and he looks down at me. His plastic eyes seem whiter than ever, alive in a way they shouldn't be. His mouth hangs in his usual cocky grin, and I find myself doing the same. I know the answers to the police officer's questions. The answer to where Jake is. Where the bodies are. It's then that I know what I must do next. I tell Dustin I'll come back for him later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Dustin was written by Dan Howarth, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Andrew Kayan and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. Dan Howarth is a writer from the northwest of England. He has co-edited three anthologies. The most recent of these, Paradoilia, was launched by Black Shook Books in July 2019. His chapbook, Dulce A Decorum Est, is available from Domain Press and Dan can be found on Twitter via at DanHoweth20. Leading us into this newfangled new year, we have new patrons, Grant Longstaff, who wrote a fantastic story for a while back called Dissolution. You should definitely check that one out. It is a great story. Matthew Howell, who is actually a sleeper agent, who may not realise himself that he's in fact going to be the next James Bond. So keep the phone on Matt, they'll be in touch soon. Also, we currently have a survey running to help us and to have a say in how to show progresses in the future head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash survey they'll be able to fill in a few questions tick a couple of tick boxes and you'll be able to chance to win an ebook of your choice a signed print of your choice or a dazzling t-shirt so if that sounds like your kind of thing t-shirts and prizes and that head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash survey until next time